Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Okay. We are officially live on Facebook, and today is Wednesday, uh, December 30th. We have our number 10. Now we're in the double digits with our Reflection Artist Live podcast, and we want to welcome our special guest, Chris Lee from McMinnville, Oregon, and he, um, gosh, he's been in the industry. I made some notes because he's got quite a list um, (laughs) of good things, of course. Uh, He's been detailing since 1997. That's 23 years in the detail industry. He's uh, owned his own business for 10 years now. And he um, he's a hybrid because not only does he do window tint, but he I'm sorry, detailing, but he also does window tint, which is really cool to see, you know, a lot of these shops that are uh, growing into other parts of, you know, automotive uh, restyling or enhancement, whatever you want to call it, but offering additional services that fall within the same realm of what the customers are looking for when they're coming in looking for detail because it all relates. So um, there's a lot to know about Chris and I wanted to one, thank him for, for coming on and taking his time out of the day and uh, wanted to uh, get to know the background and how you got started, Chris. Well, first of all, thank you very much for the invite. I greatly appreciate it. I feel kind of honored to, to be able to do this. Um, so I, I graduated in 1998 um, up in Washington, Southwest Washington, about three hours from where I live now. And uh, kind of through high school, I worked at a grocery store and um, the owner of the grocery store on the side would help me wash his truck and, and his wife's truck and some of the employees, you know, just to, to get them done. And back then, you know, we just grabbed the dish soap right off the shelf and, and grabbed some terry cloths and just rub it dub dubbed and, uh, soaked everything up and hosed it all off and, and uh, shot back and vacuumed everything and vacuumed the dash, drug the plastic all across, you know, this and that. And he was like, okay, it looks great. You know, I'll see you next week. And so I just kept doing it. And then I noticed growing up, I would always clean my mountain bike really good. Um, you know, when I finally got a car, if I was going to go four buying and mud bogging, I'd have to detail it up before I'd go just so it looked good driving up into the hills and spend a bunch of time cleaning. And I realized pretty soon that I was actually good at what I was doing, even though I wasn't doing it correctly or right. Uh, more and more neighbors and whatnot were asking me to, to clean stuff, probably just to give me some summer spending money. But And you, had, you still had a, a job still you know, that you worked and did the detailing on the side? Yeah, when you yeah. Uh, yeah, we were in a very, very small town up there and there was just a little small grocery store. And, and so I mopped the floors and emptied trash cans and customers would buy, you know, grain and stuff for their animals and I'd pack it out there. It was just a high school summer job. And and that being a small town, just to touch on that, from what I understand, you graduated with a class of nine. Is that correct? I did. I did. I had nine in my graduating class. We had 180 kids kindergarten through senior Oh my goodness. In, the same, in the same building. So the, the math teacher that taught kindergarten math was the same one. Next class would teach, you know, calculus to the seniors. 
And so it was kind of the bus driver was also the gym teacher was also the athletic director, you know, so it was just, it was one of those small town, everything's under one roof thing. And, uh, you know, we had six feet of snow in the winter and, and whatnot. And so when I graduated high school, there's not, not a lot of work up there. You either have to be a logger or work for the forest service or something like that. And so I, I left and moved uh, an hour south of Portland where I had some other family where there were jobs and whatnot. And I uh, went into, for a year, I worked at a lumber mill. Um, all the while I was cleaning cars for friends and family and whatnot. Again, not using the right products, the right techniques, but. You're learning. making people happy though, right? Exactly. Results. Exactly. You know, I'd spend three hours on it for $15. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Whatever. And uh, pretty soon I, I figured out that I work better as a boss, not an employee. So I needed to make that jump or else I was going to be one of those guys that job hopped my whole life. So um, I went to work as my own. Um, I did not know how to run a business at all. I, I was screwing off most of the time. I hired people in the beginning with no experience why I goofed off all day long. I basically ran my first business kind of into the ground. I, it didn't turn out good. So I actually just got rid of that when I finally matured enough and uh, just dropped it all, sold, the, sold everything. Then I went to work for a high-end paint and body shop up in Portland. So what I did was with little to no experience at the time, they trained me, but if, if a car got T-boned and they repainted the front door, I needed to get it to match the back door as far as the texture, the orange peel, get out any wet sand, any nubs out of it, make sure the mirror worked, make sure the door handles worked, all that stuff, kind of quality control. And so that's where I was, I learned how to do paint correction. They taught me with a DeWalt buffer, wool pads, six inch pads and whatnot. And, you know, I, I kind of learned that way. Um, so I had some paint correction experience from there. And then again, realizing I can't work for other people. Um, my mentality doesn't like that. I finally said, I'm going to go out and, and make, do this job myself. So I, I cleared out my garage. I painted all the walls. I put in 35 LED light bulbs all over the walls, put in an air compressor and went back to detailing out of my garage with no, no training. I learned as I went. What time frame? What year was this? This would have been around 05-ish, somewhere right in that ballpark. How old were you, roughly? Oh, you're going to make me do the math, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was 15 uh, years ago, right? So 15 20, minus... 26, 25, 27, somewhere right in that ballpark. And um, yeah, I learned. I, you know, I talked to certain people, you know, and I learned how, you know, at the time... At, at the time I used acid, you know, I learned how to properly use it, how to, where to use it, how to do it. I, I borrowed money from my grandma and grandpa for a carpet extractor because I knew doing it other ways wasn't the way I wanted to do it. Um, and I just learned the first, first car I did actually as my business, myself really going for it. I did a F-350 four-door truck, a complete detail for $65. And uh, it was Ooh. the worst job, worst job ever. I mean, the customer was so unhappy. I had to do it. I had to do it the next, 
next day because they were used to somebody you know who actually had had years of experience and whatnot and this is the 2005 time frame where i mean expectations weren't as nowhere near as high as what they are now right yeah it, it, it was bad it was bad and i took it back the next day and tried it again and uh they still weren't happy with it i gave them back their 65 dollars, and i went home and i wrote down what it was they weren't happy with and i started started pounding pavement talking to people doing research what needs to be done i mean there wasn't what, really what were they happy to, with just you know i i wasn't getting the scratches out um like they had hoped i wasn't getting down inside the vents far enough I just didn't have the proper equipment to do. I, I set the expectations too high. And well, that's, I mean, now when you look at it for $65, if somebody's nitpicking for 65, they're not getting a refund. They got their $65 worth with just the wash part. The fact that you went into the interior and I'm sure you were still a bit meticulous then, even though based on what you only knew by doing it versus being trained. Right. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I'm, I'm severely OCD, severely OCD. I mean, I have to have my bottles straight. I have to have my books by size. I have to have everything perfect. And so it's harder for me to de detail because I can't let things go now. Um, you know, I've been to other shops and I look at other details and it works for them. Their customers are happy. But I look at jobs and I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe that. Um, and that's one thing I have to work on now is I do too much um, as far as detailing and I'm not charging accordingly. So that, you know, even 20 years later, that's something that, you know, people that are watching this need to set the expectations um, accordingly because it's really easy to go too much and forget that you're not charging for that. That's so a that huge gray things. area in our industry. That's an issue because it's like you, you build up to your craft where you know you're good enough to do all these things that will meet or exceed their expectations, but right. you're still kind of questioning whether you should charge more because you want to gain the work. You want to get the work and close the job. And you feel that right. if you charge too much, that might take away from closing the job. So instead you close the job and you do a little bit more and now you're at a catch 22 of losing money because you have too much time into it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so I went back and I actually went to a junkyard and I took a, a Honda generator and my polishers and buffers and everything I had. And I spent out, I went out to the junkyard for the day on an overcast day. And I just started going to town on hoods and fenders. I just said, okay, I'm going to burn the paint. I want to see what it's going to take. What do I have to do to burn the paint? So I know I'll, now I want to do this and then wipe it off with alcohol. See how I'm doing the swirls. I want to see what, and that was the smartest thing. And I would recommend that to anybody go buy it, a junky old hood. Um, Rennie has them in, in his um, training up there, but go out there and practice before you start going on people's cars, feel the machine, let, you know, let the pad and the machine tell you the sweet spots. Um, so as time went on, I, I practiced and got better and got better. Um, I lost money the first couple years, which I'm okay with that because I learned the skill. Back then, I didn't know a lot of people. There wasn't 
the trainings, there wasn't the YouTube videos. No, no. There wasn't the, you know, all the stuff that's available now. It was a school of hard knocks. And it was back before the Rupes, really before the Flex. It was a DeWalt six inch, eight inch. I think, I think the old DeWalt's were eight inch. Yeah, and, and that and a quarter cable. That was yeah. it. Yeah. And that's all you know though. So that's all, uh, yeah, that's all that the market gave you. So you had to work with what you had. Yep. Yep. And so I did I did one car a day out of my garage for years. I, I did it myself. I prepped the car. I gave myself an hour to fully prep the car. Tires, wheels, insides of wheels, wheel wells, door jams, water spot removal, dry it, everything, pull it in. I would do carpets and seats first with the carpet extractor. Um, that way they could dry while I was doing the rest of the interior. I still didn't use steam, but I was a fan of compressed air. So yep. we would use, I, I would use the paint brushes and, um, you know, I didn't use back then. Um, I can't remember what I was using for interior cleaner. But, you know, I would do, I gave myself seven and a half hours on average to do a full detail inside now, doing a, a one step, heavy one step paint correction and a wax, you know, so we're trying to remove 75% of the blemishes in it. Um, and then just paste wax over the top. I made my $300 a day. I was done by three o'clock, you know, overhead was minimal. And I made sure never to deliver a car to a customer they had to come to my shop. We walked around it for 15 minutes. I showed them everything I did. They crawled around that car. I wouldn't let them leave without crawling around the inside of it looking. I wanted them 100% happy. And that's another thing that I would recommend to people that are starting out or trying to grow their business is you don't assume the customer is gonna be happy. You, you show them everything you did you let them walk around it. I mean, this is what works for me. Then they tell you, I'm happy, it's perfect. And, and I ask them, is there anything I can do better while it's here? Because I have everything here, it's gonna take less than 10 seconds. Are you 100% happy before I give you the keys? And I did that in my garage and they couldn't leave until they were happy. Even if they, even if they had to stay 15 minutes longer, I fixed whatever it was because I knew every customer I learned, this is what the customers are looking for, what real customers, not me, what yep. real customers are looking for. They all have different concerns in, in areas of what they look at or see often. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yep. Things that I was focused on worrying about spending too much time on 99.8% of those customers never even looked or saw that. So it's interesting how you can fine tune your, your, um, systems based off of what what customers want it's yep. not your car don't no. you know you need to figure out what they want so i did that for years and years and years and i was getting to the point where i was booking out a while and i was happy i didn't want to shop i didn't want employees um and finally the city said no more even though I never had cars outside, I only did one car a day. I kept a beautiful yard because customers were coming to my house. It wasn't so an issue. How did that, how did the city approach you? Like physically, uh, like know. in person or with a letter? No, I got a letter in the mail saying, um, you can only run a business out of your home. If it's a permittable business, um, you have 30 days. This is not a permittable business. 
So taxes, taxes, massage, caretaker, babysitter, stuff like that's a permittable business that you can run from your home. Auto mechanicking, paint, bodywork, detailing, um, stuff like that is not a permittable business to run from your home. Mm. Now, I don't know the details if, if somebody has a shop on their home or not. I was just like, oh, crap. Now, what am I going to do? And I um, think that changes state to state, county to county. I mean, so there's never a rule of thumb to say. Yeah. And I probably pissed off a neighbor time or two. I mean, I had that light. That garage was so bright. You could land a 747, you know, inside that thing and whatnot. And I had a 110 gallon air compressor that was in a, a soundproof room out back. But it's still it, it was time. And so I was panicking because commercial real estate, you know, there's no shops available or nothing like that. Well, a week later, the Ford dealership in town who um, kind of gives me cars once in a while, their overflows called me and says, hey, we'll give you 60 cars a month to detail in exchange, um, give them to us at a discounted rate and I'll lease you a, a bay out of our building for free. We'll pay for all the chemicals, all the water, all the power, everything just give us a good discount on all our cars you can do your retails as long as we get 60 cars a month out of you for our cars and i was like man that's awesome okay so um i had to hire a couple people and you know just to focus on the dealership cars because they don't yep. have to be great um so he actually gave me two bays one to do the dealerships and, and one for me to do my retails and that worked out really well um and then this building came up, which is highway frontage here in 99. And let me backtrack. So all throughout that whole thing, I was training. So I went to Rennie's training over there. Yeah, I was gonna say, what, what year was it again that you went to Rennie's training? Um, 18. And did you have any trainings prior to Rennie's training? I didn't. Um, I actually ran into Shane Mayfield, I, I met him in central Oregon, we were on vacation, me and my wife, and my sunroof exploded. We don't know how. Oh, we're just wow. driving down the highway. Everything's fine. No overpasses, no kids, no people. Sunroof on the Honda Pilot just blew up, just tatered. And I called, I'm like, called a detailer, you know, Perfection Plus Auto Detail. It's a Shane. I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm in from McMinnville. I'm a detailer too. My sunroof blew up. Can, can I pay you to vacuum out my car so we can finish the weekend? Yeah, so I started talking to him and and he was a very, very helpful guy. Took care of it, didn't charge me. He's like, you know, what do you do? Where's your shop, blah, blah. He's like, man, we should hang out, you know, talk and, and you know, whatnot. And so we became good friends and um, he helped me even before I was even interested in, in do, doing the mafia thing or whatnot. He gave me guidance out of his own time and whatnot. And um, he actually talked me into learning how to do ceramic coatings. So I, I, you know, signed up with OptiCoat so and learned how to. You weren't doing ceramic coatings up till meeting, well, introduction with Shane? Nope. I didn't want to because I worked out of my garage and it was so simple that I, I just had the detail of the car and I made great, great money. Like I said, it, the overhead was so low that making $300 a day, 90% of it was, 95% of it was pure profit. I wasn't looking to complicate things. I wasn't looking to add another shelf in my already too small garage. I wasn't looking to, to keep a car overnight and whatnot. 
I was happy with 300 bucks a day. And I just wanted to, to, to be simple. Well, he talked me into learning how to do coatings and whatnot. And so I jumped, I jumped onto that. And um, about that time, this, this building was starting to be built. And there was some tension going on at the Ford dealership because obviously I was focusing more on the expensive retails than I was on the dealership details. Were you still and, fulfilling that 60 car obligation or was that the tension? Yeah, and the quality wasn't because I wasn't I wasn't worried about the 60 cars. I was focusing on the retails and letting those guys do their thing. And um, so this building started to come up and I could feel down the road that they were probably going to let me go from over there. Again, having a little problem with authority, them telling me my schedule. So now, I just, did you still have clients, not to interrupt, but did you still have clients that preferred yes. to come to your house versus going to the new location? Um, they didn't care. They didn't okay. care as long as, as long as it was me doing the work. Yeah. Because by now I've, I've got the systems dialed in really well. Now I'm playing with, at the time, the Rupes. Now I've got better quality equipment, steamers, you know, and I've got it, I've got it down now. I mean, I'm 15, well, 18, 20 years into it now that I've got a system down to where, you know, I, I would like to think based off of everything that my reputation is better than everybody else's um, in the area, just because my focuses were different. Um, so to, to jump ahead a hair, I run a different detail shop than 95% of people. Um, I am a lifestyle detailer, meaning yes, I do this for a living, but I do not do this to, to be a millionaire, to grow, to have multiple locations, to have 10 employees, to retire filthy rich. That is not how I run my lifestyle. Um, I live a comfortable life. I don't have any kids. I keep my life really simple, 100% debt-free other than our house. Me and my wife take on average eight to 10 weeks off a year vacation time. Very nice. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm nobody. I, I like money as much as the next person, but that is not my goal. Um, I will not retire a multimillionaire or even a millionaire. I am good with that. I focus on auto detailing, ceramic coatings, and now jumping into the window tinning and that's it. I don't want to do, I see a lot of detail shops running 10, 12 different projects out of their shops. And I, and I see them as average where I would rather me myself would rather be the best at two or three things. And I'm good with that. So that's how I run my detail shop as a lifestyle. I could grow, I could be bigger. I don't want to buy a million dollar building. I don't want to do all that. It's not my cup of tea because then you lose the family time, you lose your vacation time. Um, and you know as well as I do how quick time flies. Yeah, 100% so, agree. I like that though. I like your approach and that, that means a lot because there's a lot of people out there that are you know, chasing different goals that are wrapped around their daily routine of detailing. And everybody has a different why on why their hustle is so much with detailing whether it be just because they're a first time business owner and they want to make it happen, they want to be successful or the money or the cars, the craft, you know what I mean? Chasing the shine. 
Right. Uh, there's many different approaches to that, but I think the the most organic one is what you just said, just the lifestyle aspect. You know, once you get comfortable with that, a lot of times the money starts to just come in. The clients just start to come in. And then you have to start making dis- decisions based on how many employees you want. And then you're like, damn it, I wasn't going for this, but it came yes. to me anyways. <laughs> yes, you are 100% correct. And that that's what happened. Um, and there's, in, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with people. And I'm not trying to say there is. There's nothing wrong with people that, that are chasing every dollar they can and want to grow. That's how businesses are built. That's how empires are built. And there are times when I wish I was like that but that's just not my cup of tea for me. No, uh, that's Chris Lee's vision, goals, and, and what he wants, not what everybody yes. else thinks it should have. Yes. And you're right. That, so there's not, like, to your point, there's no shade being thrown on any other aspect of it. It's just your path and how yep. you're doing it. Yep. And I have, I have a friend that's, that's uh, a detailer in this town. I've known him forever. Um, he does a great job. He's, he runs a different type of shop to, than me. And I see him growing and I see him getting bigger and, and kudos to those guys because, you know, they're the ones that are going to sit in the Caribbean with their mansion and, and retire and, and whatnot. I won't, I won't do that, but um, I am proud of the people that do that. I mean, like I said, my, my detailer in town, other detailers in the mafia, I watch them step it up and grow and grow. And it's amazing to watch them do that. Um, it's just, it's just not for me. So back to that point is this shop comes up. I, I still wanted to be in my house. I can't do it. Now I have to look at getting into a brand new building because that's the only thing that's available, commercial real estate, highway frontage. I wasn't going to do it. I, I was actually going to get out of detailing. I was just like, I'm going to go back to work for somebody else Monday through Friday. Just, I don't care even how much I make, just no stress. I fought it and fought it and fought it. And everybody said, do what, do what you do. Uh, my wife said, I know you, you can't go to work for somebody else. If you pass up this opportunity, we're going to be worse off. So I talked to the landlord. Um, so now I'm in a uh, 2000 square foot brand new shop with highway, main highway frontage, brand new. Um, I don't, it's, it's a mess, but I got a nice office now. And so I jumped in here June, uh, a year and a half ago. And um, I have two full-time employees now that I've trained. I prefer to hire people with no experience. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a great move. I mean, cause that way you're not untangling bad habits or watered down information. You're just able right. to cut to the chase of this is how we do it. This is how it's gonna be done. And right. you haven't learned any other way. So it makes it easier just to show you. Yeah. <laughs> There's no bad habits from that point. Yep. So yeah, right before we moved in here, I uh, went to Mobile Tech Expo and met up with Shane down there. And he introduced me to Rennie and Rennie looked at my website. He talked to Shane, he talked to me a little bit. And right there on the spot, he said, call my wife right now. Here's her number. You're, you're getting in February's class. Because MTE, I think, was January, the end of February. He's like, you don't really have a choice. You're coming in February. So right then and there, I signed up for his class. And I'm not going to lie. I went in there feeling a little little puffed up because I've been doing it 20 years. I was maybe going to show these guys a thing or two, 
you know, hey, I'll show you guys, you know, what's going on. And <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure you're not the first one that's gone in there with that mindset. <laughs> they may not have um, uh, physically been that way, but up here it was all like, all right, I'm going to uh, uh, wait. Uh, wow. What do that yeah. again? <laughs> yeah. Show me that again. I didn't know that one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm the first to admit I, I am very good at what I do as far as detailing cars. I am terrible at running a business because I had no experience. I'm learning as I'm going. And still to this day, every day, I'm learning something new. I can, I, I can lay down a detail with the best of them. But as far as dealing with payroll, workman's comp, taxes, um, inventory, credit card machines, all that stuff, QuickBooks, accounting, I had zero experience with that. So I went in there. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm ready boys. I'll show you, you know, what's up. I going to Rennie's training was a game changer for me because everything that I was doing was right, but so inefficient and so out of whack that I was wasting massive amounts of time doing things, their procedures and their systems were definitely helpful. I came back got rid of three quarters of my products, stream, streamlined my processes, put lights in certain areas. Um, so I trained with Randy, came back here, mid build on the shop. I started adding things, switching things up in the shop, came back with tons of new marketing ideas because now I'm stuck. I didn't want the shop. I didn't want to grow. Now I have to make the best of this. So when I got back from Rainy's training, uh, me and my wife, we went to Palm Springs for seven days, turned our phones off and just shut everything down. And I kind of regrouped. I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this, but I have to do it. So in seven days, I'm going to be so pumped about doing this that it's going to, it's going to annoy everybody. <laughs> I, I'm sure I, coming from seven days of being in Big Bear too. Your yeah. wheels were just turning. So to be able yes. to go sit and turn your phone off, it's still like, yes. uh, I got to get this down. I got to figure it out. Got to put a yeah. plan together. Yep. And, and that's what I did. And that was actually the week that I kind of lost the Ford account because I wasn't there and I, I didn't care at the point at the time because I was jumping over to here. And so I came back ready to rock and roll. I built the shop out uh, June 1st, 2019, 18. 19? Is it 19? We opened the shop. Um, I have all my loyal customers. And the thing that sets us apart from other detail shops, not only in our town, but I would like to think, you know, in the state is our focus is on the quality, not the quantity. I could, I could push out another car every day if I wanted to. Um, I could make more money if I wanted to. I don't. I give each of my employees eight hours to do a car. That's, that's just it. Um, and I charge accordingly. Now I've, you know, I've managed to, to find the sweet spot. They get eight hours a car. If it's a, a Ford Fiesta or an F-350 truck, for the most part, they get that time to do it. Um, there's things that, you know, we just specialize in. We don't use tire dressings. Um, which if anybody watching that's in the group knows that about me, I don't dress plastic. I don't dress wheel wells, door jams, tires, 
Um, everything is hot steam only on interiors. Um, we still use the extractor. Every car gets shampooed and steam cleaned, no matter what, even if it doesn't really need it, because I don't believe in just cleaning the top surface. I like to get down deep. We have fan, eight fans for each car goes in there. They're hundred percent dry. We've got techniques to where the cars aren't really that wet with extractors. Um, you know, I've learned how to do that to where I can have the car dry in an hour. Even, you know, even if I, I could prove it and pull up, pull up the carpet underneath, you know, it's just, we have those processes down. Um, most cars are getting two-step results um, on their cars instead of one steps. But again, we're charging accordingly. Uh, we use five inch pads instead of six inch pads, which does take us a little longer, but I feel we have more control over it. Um, every car that gets dropped off, we do a walk around with the customer, point out everything. I ask them what they want. I don't try to play a salesman. First thing I ask them, how do you plan on maintaining your car? Do you go through the car washes? Yes. Then I base my detail off of that. Absolutely. Um, it profiles the customer so you have a better understanding of their expectations. Exactly. Yeah. It's really easy to want to play a salesman. Oh, you need to, should, should we add this? You should do this. You should do that. And I, I don't do that. It's, no. I've had multiple people and I'm, I'm by no means perfect, but I've had multiple people say it's nice to come to this shop and not be pushed or pressured into a ceramic coating. I don't even offer ceramic coatings that much. You know, it's yeah. most, of, most ceramic coatings I do, they come to me. Um, but my point was, is they're not getting pressured to buy yeah, this. Yeah, you're or, not, you're not, when you're talking to them, you're, you're going through a process of profiling the situation to tailor the services based on their needs to provide right. a solution to why they're at your front door. And that makes it not a sales pitch, but sometimes, and I found myself, I still have to mention that I'm not giving them a sales pitch, you know, because right. sometimes I ask a series of questions and they're looking at me like, why are you asking all these questions? And I was like, I just got to get a better understanding of what you want, what you like, and what direction we want to go with services. Because I'm not going right. to throw a pitch at you that you need or have to have this. Right. So I, I agree with that process. Now, ceramic, on the other hand, um, you know, not to dive into that and get too far off subject, but, you know, I look at it as the chemistry, of what's relevant in the, in the industry for protecting paint. So, I mean, there's so many different levels of that, and there's so many different entry-level products that are ceramic-based now that can replace uh, some of the waxes and sealants to be more relevant. That way you're giving them a, you know, a current formulation, but you're not taking away from your time of application. So that way the customer benefits from- You're right. You are yeah. correct. That is that is on my to-do list this year is streamline the offering of, of a coatings. Um, it's kind of weird, like, because I offer three different type of coatings. Um, my my staple is OptiCoat. Um, and then I also use the SPS graphene, and then we use the inspiration. Um, but it's interesting how, as I've been doing coatings, all those friends of those customers will come and get their cars coated. Very it, nice. it, it almost advertises itself. Word of mouth. Uh, the problem I have, and it's probably like that in a lot of towns, is I have one... Um, not even a competitor, but somebody else who details in my town and he does, you know, ceramic pro. So we both get a lot of price shoppers. It comes down to who's cheaper. Um, and so I do get a lot of people. Well, 
this person is this price, can you match it? Um, and because I'm not about the money, I, I, I don't wiggle my prices. No. Uh, and actually customers will respect that more. And I explained, hey, this is why, I honestly, I point to all these certificates. Well, you're I, selling I feel, yourself on your resume of what you can do, where you've been, what you put into it, the craftsmanship. And that's what they're coming to you for. If they're coming to you about price and it's not a good, it's not a fit for you anyways. Right. They're not going to, they're not going to appreciate the work. Right. If they're coming to you for the quality of work, then they're going to be the right customer for you. Right. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, we've been in here a year and a half now. Um, like I said, running a lifestyle detail shop is a little different. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that it's, it's kind of a refresher to customers that come in. They, they've said, you know, wow, sometimes I've, 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 you know, called you, you repeat customers like, hey, man, every time I call you, you're, you're on vacation or something, you know? And, and I'm like, yeah, that's just, you know, how it is. Um, and they're like, well, you know, good for you. We're happy and whatnot. But and, when can uh, we get our car in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, if you, I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on the beach, and I'm like, well, I can't get to your car for two weeks. Would you like to schedule? <laughs> um, most of the time, we stay about two weeks out, only because we do two cars a day. So the thing I'm struggling with now is um, we have a, a top-notch reputation. Um, you know, customer doesn't leave till they're 100% happy. I've had one car come back in a year and a half. Um, and it's actually, I did the work on it and it's a very close friend of mine, so it's not a big deal. Um, but I, I built a really good reputation, I think, and there's always room for improvement. Um, we stay about two weeks out year round because we only do two cars a day. Yep, you know, yep. Other detail shops are, are knocking three or four cars out, making twice what I do. That's not what I do. Um, the problem is now is I'm growing to the point where I personally cannot be in the shop anymore. Every time I sit down to do the work, the phone rings, a customer comes in. Um, and so I, I, I just can't do the work anymore. Now I'm still here all day long. I'm still out there bugging them. I'm still out there cleaning the shop, folding towels when I can. And every car that they do, I'm walking around it and I'm taking yellow pieces of yellow tape on all the little spots. And they flip me off when I walk away because they think it's good, but it's not Chris Lee good. And when the customer shows up, we walk around the car, I show them everything. I give them a scan grip light and they hold it and they walk around the car and I show them the door, gas tank door and the hinge. I show them everything. I don't just point, check out your car, make sure you're happy. I pull the seat belts and, and show them they're clean. Um, and I explained to them, we don't use steamers on the seat belts. You know, we just clean it with, you know, a light all-purpose cleaner and a rag. We're not using brushes. This is why. This is why you still have a light stain or discoloration in your headliner because we can't do this if, there, if that situation occurs. I show them around the spare tire. I show them inside the wheels. Um, I explain why I don't put tire shine. If they request it, yes, I do have tire shine. Yeah, I explain why I personally don't like tire shine. And once I explain it to them, 90% of them agree or they're like, oh, I never thought about that. Thank you for saving my one wash mitt that I have at home when I wash my car, you know, stuff like that. And I educate people. Um, so I got comfortable doing that. Everything is going good. 
Um, and yeah, we're, I, I, uh, content two front windows now on a car with hundred percent quality. Am I quick? No. Am I efficient? No. Is it profitable for me right now? No. But do I know how to do it? Yes. Well, the good thing is you have the revenue coming in from the detailing. So it right. allows you to, to explore the window tinting, which will most likely lead into paint protection film, I bet. You know, because once you get familiar with that, it, it, it becomes another, not completely, but close to second nature on jumping into an, another film application to say, and, and being familiar with some of those things that you could take in regards to the window tank craft and apply it to the paper checking film craft and then realize that both that, the window tent and the detailing all go hand in hand. And you could have right. one vehicle that makes a pretty nice invoice when you hit all three marks of those services on one vehicle. Right. And that's where I'm struggling because again, I don't want to overcomplicate my process. I don't right now really want to get into window tinting and PPF because now I'm like, great. What if this, or what if that, or what if, you know, and it's just like one more thing in my trying to be stress-free lifestyle. But I also know that that's, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be hip with all the other detail shops and, and make it, you know, if you don't do one thing, they're going to go somewhere else. And then you market lose. demand, right? If you've got other yeah. shops. So, doing it. so we do offer PPF. We actually offer premium shield, um, which is a really good brand of PPF. Mm -hmm. I have a really, really good guy that comes out of Portland. He does all the Porsche and Audi dealerships, Tesla dealerships up in Portland. He will come out and do my PPF jobs for me. Very um, nice. So the customer is still getting that service. And then on, on tricky cars for window tinting, back windows, Volkswagen bug windows, stuff like that. Um, I have a really good company that will come out and, and help me tint windows on that. Um, I do like the way the Parkers do it. Um, Christian and Chris, a detail boss, where they have really good subs and they sub that out so they can still profit off of that while working on something else. Um, yeah. You know, if I have a PPF guy in the corner of the shop doing a $1,500, $1,600 ticket and I can still make a $550 detail over here and nobody's in each other's way and nobody's moved off, that $500 or that, that $400 off, $500 I made on the PPF for doing nothing right now to me is more valuable than me spending 16 hours on it for the total $1,500. It might not mathematically add up, but in my head and my stress level, I would rather make four or $500 for doing nothing and no stress than 1,500 for doing the work myself and having that risk of having to peel it off, having a finger, having a bubble yep. and it becoming a nightmare. And, and that's what the Parkers do. They have a unique market for that, Scottsdale, Arizona. They have good relationship with the, the subs that they use. Unfortunately, I don't, you know, not every market uh, is people are able to work together that way. You know, a lot of the times when you try to bring on a window tinner or a paint protection film guy, um, they want all the money for themselves. You know, they, they're not worried about a wholesale price point to let you profit on them. And right. every market's a little different, but they definitely have it dialed in. And that's a that specific market of Scottsdale, Arizona, as you know, 
is a unique market in itself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was, I was just there last week actually doing a two day efficiency class with the Chris and Christian and um, yeah, their processes. I mean, you know, they're doing um, McLarens and Bentleys and Rolls Royces and Ferraris and Lambos in my town. The nicest cars that we have are, a 2014 Audi A8L. You You've know, got what population 32,000? You said we're about 32. We're about 32,000 agricultural farm town. We don't have in 22 years. I've never touched a Ferrari, Lamborghini, Bentley, Rolls Royce, anything like that in this town. We specialize in Dodge trucks, Subaru Foresters, um, Honda Civics, CRVs. What stuff. your local market drives, basically. Yes, yes. So, you know, it's funny because you go to a lot of events and you sometimes hear people say, oh, I'm in a small town. I can't do that. I'm in a small. That's always what I hear. I can't get jobs like that or I can't get customers like that. You know, you being in a small town and coming from a small town and, and, and fully living through that experience and having a successful business, what would you say to somebody that makes that comment? What would I say? <laughs> is that illustration? <laughs> the illustration is you have to be, and I've heard it before, you have to be faster than everybody else. But, but how I would twist that is you have to set the standard. You have to be better than everybody else. And if that means not profiting for three years or breaking even or doing tons of redos, you have to be, you have to make yourself stand out and justify why they should come to you. And it could be a million variables. It could be how your building looks. It could be how they feel the first 10 seconds when you open, they open the door and how your facial expressions are. It could be, it could be how, how good you detail the car because we all know as detailers, it's a luxury expense. So 85% of the customers want the cheapest. It's not a necessity. If, if you're $10 more than the guy down the street, unless they're friends of yours, they're going to go down the street to save 10 bucks. They think you guys are all doing the exact same thing. So to me, it was honestly, to me, it was personal appearance. It was not being a salesman and it was letting the customer feel like they're not getting ripped off. And it's easy to do as a lifestyle detailer. It would be very hard to do if you're trying to make a million dollars a year because you want that sale. You want to upsell them on everything. You want to add this. You want to do that. Um, and you know, I don't change my prices from the time they drop it off. Very often, you know, I've I've heard horror stories. Oh well, your car was four hundred fifty bucks, and they come to pick it up. Well, we found this and. We did this. Now it's five twenty-five. Wow! I mean, you know, there's. I've heard mechanic shops doing that, but I don't recall hearing about detail shops. Usually, that's a phone call being like, "Hey, we found this. It's going to be extra. Do you want us to move forward?" But it the should fact be. That it should be. Yeah. It should be, and yeah. So, I, I think make brand, make your brand, and your brand will do it for you. Um, I've cut way back on advertising. I don't do a lot of advertising at all. Almost, I just do my website, you know, and I've got other detailers that do a lot of advertising. 
you know, brand recognition, they do that. Um, if you look at, if you look at high-end places, boutique stores, high-end restaurants, their, their menus, their processes, their buildings, everything are simple. The nicer the restaurant, the less options you have is what I have found. Um, you know, keep, I don't have a detailing menu. I have basically four options. I offer interior only, and it's all or nothing, and exterior only, it's, that can be broke down a little bit or a complete detail. I don't do stage one, stage two, stage three express, and then, you know, stage one, stage two, stage three for interior. And then I don't, you know, I don't really do that. It's, this is what you're getting because you get your processes and systems down, it, it's great, you know. If you give the customer so many options, they get confused, they get flustered, it's overwhelming. They're just going to go to the $12 car wash. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and we're, we're similar in a way where, you know, I have a detail menu, but that menu is based on tailoring the services to the customer's expectations. So they kind of have the ball in their court to build out the service based on the condition. And of course, within means, you know, the, if, the, if the customer has a vehicle that's hammered and they need a, a solid one step because they're requesting to remove swirls, but they don't want to go forward with that, then we just don't do business because there's still integrity behind reputation, right? You're yes. still signing off on that vehicle, your name and brand are on that. So yes. now on the other hand, if you know, they, you know, re I recommend a two-step, but they only want to do a one-step, then I also let them know the pros and cons of that decision. And, right. And, but it leaves the ball in their court because that's a decision that they made and then yeah. we build on that. So yeah. it's very similar. That way, yeah, it's it's not confusing because it allows me to do like what we talked about earlier kind of profile that customer, understand their wants and needs, and then present right. them with only a few options so it's not confusing. Yeah, and I then, mean, look, look at In-N-Out Burger. It, it's super, super famous. They have 10, not even 10 things on their menu, basically. You know what I mean? And yeah. people, this is what you get. And the place is packed. Every time they open one up, there's a four hour wait forever. And it's, just, it's super, super simple. And so, yeah, I run a really simple shop. Um, you know, I don't want to grow anymore. I don't, I don't want three or four employees right now. We don't just do car washes and dries for people. We will for coding customers, but as far as somebody coming in, Hey, can you just wash and dry my car? I, I just don't do that. Um, you know, usually they'll come back, they'll, they'll snivel and then they come back and get their car hand waxed or, or polished yep. out eventually. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been very thankful for guys like you that are in the group that I, you know, I can call and ask. Um, I, I bugged you six months ago about a process or a thing that you do at your shop outside for customers and said, hey, can I steal your idea? Um, you know, it's, and, and I've been able to help people. Um, but for people that are watching this that are getting into it, um, don't try to make the, all the money the first few years get your, get your quality down. That's where you're going to build your money down the road. If you're just wham, bam, thank you. Move on to the next one, collect your three, $400 and they're not hundred percent happy. One bad person can, can destroy 20 people a lot quicker than a good review can help 20 people. It's, you know, it's, I, I've been fortunate enough and lucky enough that 
I built an, a really, really good reputation, but it, it cost me money um, in the beginning. And, it, and I have to make sacrifices that the guy down the street's always going to have more business. He's always going to make more money. He's always going to push out more cars. Um, he's always going to spend more on advertising. And I'm good with that. Um, but if you focus on keeping it simple in the beginning and being the best at it, you can dominate a town with 4,000 people because you're going to make that experience where they're going to want to come back in two weeks. Hey, can you wash and dry and vacuum my car? Yes. Sure. It's not much money, but when they go back home and the neighbor sees, man, your car is always clean. Where do you go? Oh, I go to Justin Lobato's shop. I, I had a detail a couple years ago, but he cleans it for me every two weeks. Well, now that person's going to come in. Oh, you, you did my friend Bill's car every couple of weeks. Can I do a full detail and maybe schedule something like that? That's how you can dominate a town with 4,000 people or, yeah. or, you know, I don't have experience with less than that, but I know there's shops out there, you know, and, and be very humbling in the beginning, take those dealership jobs, do the rental car companies. Don't turn down any work. No. I, I mean, I've done. You're not in any position to turn down work in the beginning stages. No. Yeah. You just, it's more hurtful than it is helpful now later down the road five ten years in then it's a different story based on where you've landed with reputation but i still don't if i have a disgusting mold infested rotten barf everywhere dog poop everywhere and that and i don't need it i don't need it stinking up the shop cleaning putting on suits and masks and all that but i don't turn those jobs away i, I there i will not hardly ever turn a job away to this day I don't care how bad it is, I'll do it because one, that person could go somewhere else, which that part doesn't bother me, but they're not, in my opinion, they're not gonna do it the way I'm gonna do it. They're gonna set the bar. Every time a customer goes somewhere else, they're setting the bar for what a detailer should be. And that's not what I am. So I try to do every job and I try to, to raise the bar for everybody else because during COVID, um, we were thankful enough and count my blessings. We never slowed down. We changed our processes, but we never slowed down. But detailers all over the place popped up on Facebook, social oh, media, 65. Yeah. And, and kudos to them for trying to make it an honest dollar. But, but to your point, you know, you executed your own advice. Right. You know, and so for that reason, that's why you're still here. A lot of those guys, being right. it's a quick, right. inexpensive startup business, aren't going to execute that kind of advice they're going to go in for instant gratification of money and then next right. thing you know two years later or three years later they're going to have still no money and have to get a real job right right well and even price shopping you know hey you know i get tons of phone calls oh it's 500 dollars to detail my car well i saw this guy on on facebook you know he's doing a whole car for 199 bucks why why am i going to pay you you know 500 dollars well you go through the whole, you go through the whole thing without sounding desperate, but you want to explain to them, you know, I understand you want to go there and you're welcome to go there, but here's what you're going to get yep. um, versus me. And again, if you go to training and you're with the, excuse me, and you go with the IDA and whatnot, you point those things out to customers. Hey, I'm part of the IDA, a small group that's involved worldwide with maintaining the reputation and safe business practices. I've trained with the detailer of Air Force One. Um, I try to give my employees, you know, 
I even say, I try to give my employees a livable wage so they can support their families. I mean, it sounds maybe a little cheesy, but a lot of people respect that. Oh yeah. You know, that you're, you know, you're helping support other families, you know, so. Yeah. People, you're not running five guys in the back at $8 an hour under the table. Yeah. That could just yeah, up and leave at any time with high turnaround of employment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, things like that, but it's, you know, trial and error is, is the biggest thing. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I, I like to think that I can hold my own, um, but I'm constantly learning every day. Look at new Toyota paint jobs. You put a paint depth gauge on them and they're 3.8, 4.0. You can't just buff out a brand new Toyota 4Runner or Tacoma anymore. No. Um, you got the, I think the Honda or is the Toyota's got the, the paint clear coat uh, metallic in their pearl now. So you can't polish yeah, the, and the tri coat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every fabric is different. You know, some cars you can't use uh, carpet shampoos on their fabric because it, it's, it just doesn't work. You have to use a torn. Um, so, you know, there's, there's lots to learn and I'm still learning. Um, but now I'm at the stage where, and I'm not even very old, I'm 41, <laughs> but doing it so long, like my body hurts detailing a car. Um, you know, my knees are sore. So now I'm in the stage where I'm in the office. I make sure the, the quality control. I make sure they get a text message two days later saying, are you 100% happy with your car? Is there anything else? And I will ask them via text, what one thing can I do to improve? And I, I without saying, bugging them, I say, please tell me one thing that I can do to improve, you know, from start to finish. Um, That's good to get that feedback. I, I do. And a lot of times it's, it's nothing because they, they've never been to a detail shop. They don't, you know, know, or it's, you know, I wish you would have answered your phone, but thank you for answering it after hours on your own time, you know, at eight o'clock at night. Thanks for calling me back. You know, that kind of a thing. So, you know, I'm all, I, all, all I care about is the customer. You know, if, if, if I'm not making as much, but the customer's happy to me, that's worth it. There's, there's still days when I feel like, it wasn't worth it, but the customers are always 100% happy. And two weeks later, they're, they sent me a customer who's dropping $2,200 on a OptiCoat ceramic coating and full paint correction. Because nice. I, you know, there are things I do to a customer's car upon delivery that, you know, is trade secrets to me that I'm just gonna keep for myself yeah. um, that, that I feel nobody else does. Um, and you know, those things, you just have to kind of figure out for yourself what works. Um, I get a lot of compliments on it, but it also costs me money every single car I do. And it costs me 10, 12 minutes a day for each of those cars that I'm not getting paid for, but it's the experience. Yeah. What I've learned most in the last two years being in this shop, um, it's the experience. If you have good competition, which I have good competition, it's the experience. It's, it's all about dressing appropriately. It's about making sure your room, your office smells good. It's about making sure your employees look good. It's about the sign out front. It's about every day I'm outside with the leaf blower blowing off my parking lot. Um, it's, it's all about the experience start to finish. 
It's about not pulling the car out in the rain and making them go out and look at it with the doors open. Yeah. Having it, having it inside of the shop. Um, it's about the second the customer shows up to get their car, one of my employees goes out. If it is outside in the summertime, they go out and start the car and turn the air conditioning on so their car is nice and cool when they get in it. The other way around, if it's cold outside and I have no room to leave it inside, the second I see him coming in, my employee walks to the side of the building where they can't be seen, starts the car, turns the heat on, turns the heated seat on. Their car is comfortable when they get inside their car. It's little things like that, that I don't know what my competition does, nor do I care. Um, but that's what, that's what works for me. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of, lot of great information in regards to that, you know, creating an experience. And there's a lot to take from that. And, and you have your own, you have, oh, yeah. you have a thing that you do that I have never seen anybody do. And I was like, holy smokes, that how, how cool is that? And you can say what you do if you want, but that to me is, and probably will be something I initiate if we didn't have so much darn rain here. Um, but it, it's an amazing idea, but that stuff sets you apart from other people. Yeah. It's uh, what I call the red rope experience. And that's basically off Amazon, buying yourself some nice velvet red ropes, you know, different links to, you know, to accommodate the, the length of the vehicle, the backside, the front side, all of that, but roping it off. And then when the customer's there for delivery, they see their vehicle outside in the sun with the roped off and, you know, it's, it's a luxury status. It's a, it's a red carpet, like, you know, uh, idea and it works very well in that the whole idea of experience and, you know, just like everything that you're doing or, you know, these are little things that make a world of a difference to the customer and make a world of a difference in what your brand and company does versus the competitor. And right. that's, that's huge. And, um, that's where we're at right now. And I have to cut it short because I know we can keep going, but, um, we're right up on the time frame for the podcast. So um, as far as I know that you have a busy day as well, phone ringing, people in the office. So I'll let you get back to your day and I appreciate you being on. But I got to say, Chris, anybody who was listening, you know, Chris Lee, it, you know, with the years of experience he has with, with detailing in general, being in business for 10 years and everything he's brought to the table, he does have a very unique approach. And it's, it's a proven method that with being in a small populated area, you can still be successful at many different levels. It's your choice. It's your destiny. Uh, it's business. So, you know, getting into the business, like Chris had mentioned, you know, focus on your craft, but still do your homework on the business side. Because eventually that will that will flip. That will you know, go from a detailer running a business to a businessman running a detail business. And, and that's that transition period. But in the beginning, to his point, you know, you're going you're gonna to take some losses. You're going to scrape your knees along the way. But it's a matter of just getting back up and continuing that path uh, of your objective, of your goal. And there's a lot of little things in there, like he had mentioned about experience. And these are things that's why we do this podcast, because there's little golden nuggets of information that somebody all of a sudden, they could just be, you know, listening, doing their thing with their AirPods on, polishing away. And then all of a sudden, what did he say? And those are the reasons why we do this. That way we can help better somebody else from those who've done it and done it well. And uh, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you being on, especially into our double digit now of, of episodes. So no, no, thank you very much, Justin. I, I feel honored and privileged. And to anybody that is listening, um, McMinnville Auto Detail 
is, is my business, my phone number, um, shoot, shoot me a, a shout, 503-437-4059. If anybody has any questions or wants any tips or anything at all that I can help out with, I'm, I'm happy to help you. Um, you know, there's, there's things that I know not very much about, but there's a lot of things that I can help somebody that's starting out because, again, I learned kind of the harder way, trial and error. So if I can help anybody, I'm here for you guys anytime. But Justin, thank you very, very much. It, it means a lot to me that, that you guys, you and Clint reached out to me. Um, our shop is 100% exclusive Buff and Shine. Um, we have, we use mostly five inch blueberries, burgundies, awesome. um, salt and pepper. I mean, we have all those right now. Um, Clint's actually coming out to our shop from Buff and Shine in a couple weeks. We're going to do a, a full one day training for my employees to utilize some of the other pads and whatnot. Um, but no, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Chris. Likewise. And uh, happy new year. Happy new year to everybody who's watched. And again, thank you for watching another uh, podcast for the Reflection Artist Live. Everybody take care. And uh, Chris, we'll uh, link up at a later date. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.